Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. It's time for a dark match. This is not your regular Four Corners weekly episode. This is when we have a dark match episode to talk about one particular topic. And for some reason, I'm stuck in my used car commercial voice. Um, This is Shad here with Matt and Brad, guys. What's up? <laughs> Doing good, Shad. <laughs> I think this is probably the first dark match we've had in a year and a half or so. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, life's been a little busy, too busy for um, bonus content. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll do the best we can. Hopefully, we'll be able to. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do it a little bit more often. But what is our dark match topic tonight? So uh, this is this is kind of being born out of a. I don't know. I think it was like a two day long conversation we had in like our group text about mm-hmm. Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, we've been going back and forth about this a little bit. Cause so so unfortunately for Dominic, uh, he's kind of become a meme the last I'd say six months. Uh, that's fair. Yes. <laughs> and I would say the 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 he's often compared unfavorably to new rookies. Like usually people will be like, well, he's a little rough around the edges, but he's better than Dominic Mysterio. That's, uh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's rough. That's How really long has Dom of, been doing this? Uh, two-ish years. I think he's had over a hundred matches. Okay. So for, for, so for basic context, I know you've been hitting the head a lot, Shad, but if you could ballpark <laughs> how many matches you think you had, what would you, if you could, if you could, if you could ballpark it, how many do you think you had in your entire career? Uh, since I didn't get to work as often as he did, I don't know. I would probably have to say I'd probably 200, 250, 300 if, if I'm going to be conservative about it. Cause I don't know. I think that's about fair enough. If even I'm hell. Yeah, we'll go with, we'll say somewhere around in there. Okay. So he's had, I think he's been doing this for about two or three years and he's got, I think somewhere in the range of 100 to 120 matches. Yeah. So, um, but I would say we've seen some clips lately, and he's actually, I think, getting worse in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Matt, you go ahead. Uh, my, my thoughts are all tied into one big thing on this. I So we're going to talk this out tonight on this dark match, but... I will say, generally speaking, I'm I might be the most optimistic of people 
with Dominic, uh, only in the sense that like I am an optimist in general, like with 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 wrestlers and with workers. I really do feel that sometimes like the worker can improve, mm-hmm. and if they can't improve, sometimes that they can at least find a gimmick or a hook or something that they can kind of like just sell and work themselves have like a long career working that gimmick like examples like are not i don't have like the best examples to use right off the top of the head but i'll give you one that i thought about today earlier and it's like brutus the barber beefcake not really a good worker like Uh, he had his moments of being okay i thought yes i i do think there were periods of time Especially, to me, arguably, like, the best time was, like, when he was back at, like, the Dream Team. Well, no, in 89, he had a pretty good year in 89, and he wasn't bad in 90. Like, I would say he got to the point where he was average. Like, even that match we saw with Zeus, Mm -hmm. I thought he was pretty good in, and he was working real hard. But, like, I think people – I think the problem with Beefcake is you have to just – you have to write off everything that happened to him after that parasailing accident. Because he's kind of. absolutely worthless. But when you hear about what happened to him, like it's kind of like, well, okay, like I, I am not really going to hold that against the guy because he essentially had to have his face rebuilt from. Uh, we have talked nothing. about it. Be- we've talked about it before, but Beefcake, like, legitimately should have died. Yeah. So if you don't uh, know yeah. what happened there, he was on a dock or something, and a boat took off, and like someone that was parasailing pretty much like hit him in the face with their knees. And he yes. pretty much had his face destroyed. Yeah. Uh, you should try to read up uh, on that accident. And it's 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 not sufficient to just say like, oh, yeah, he like got hit in the face with, with someone's knees. So they had to do surgery. It's like, no, like his face got crushed. Like he should have died. He talked about yeah. it when he came back on Raw and it's horrific. Like he, they had to put thousands of plates to like rebuild his face and yeah. if you look at him when he comes back he does not look the same no no he was uh arguably he was kind of like a handsomer guy before and then he's all like just puffy face and everything like that like that's partly the plates it's partly like edema like yeah but i do and that's that's fair to talk about like the the surgery he was never quite the same but that's a guy that it's like i don't really feel like generally speaking, like he was ever really that good. Like he no, got to av- he, he, he got to average or he got to decent at, at at points in his career, but overall, like he wasn't really that great. But it's like he's still out there doing stuff. I had a, I had a friend who was like, "You want to go to this?" And it's like I couldn't because it was on the weekends, and it's like tough for me to do stuff on the weekends like that. But like in the D.C. area, Beefcake came to some sort of convention, and he was like doing signings and stuff like that, taking photo ops with people. And it's like that. This is like 30 plus years after his like heyday. Yeah. And that dude, like he's still like getting people excited. Now, part of that's buying into nostalgia, but the idea is like, okay, a guy who's like never really that great in the ring, but 30 something years later, he's still out there doing it because he found like the gimmick that got him over and he he hit in the point in time and it's like wrestling got really hot well and he, he also had another advantage we do need to discuss like he was legitimately like hulk hogan's manservant so yes he got so there, a lot of time I, that he yeah. wasn't owed this this analogy like is not a perfect one but it's like it's it emphasizes my point where it's like 
really it can happen for most anyone. They just need to find like the right gimmick or hook. Now, if you were just like absolute just dog terrible, like it may not work for you. Like I don't perceive like a great long career that we're thinking about him 30 years from now for like almost no. <laughs> in the WWE. But I expect almost to be memory hold in about two years. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if you remember they tried to hook Evod Sullivan to Hogan's wagon and it didn't work. Yeah. So uh, but I, I do generally think I'm optimistic in the sense that like I don't think that for a lot of people I don't think they should be written off because it's like I think they can improve and Dominic's young enough that I think it's it's possible. Or he could find like that gimmick that gets him over besides just being like, you know, Ray Mysterio's son. But I have a lot of concerns with him, the, which we can kind of explore. In so I think I think first and foremost, the biggest problems he has. Well, let's talk about what we like. I don't think his physical tool set's necessarily great, but I'm going to say like that is a hindrance. But like we've seen CM Punk have good matches, and I don't think that guy has an iota of athletic ability in his body. <laughs> so. Um, but where I really think he's going to struggle is he's getting the stink of failure on him. And that can be really hard to shake off. Like it's to the point with, if I was giving Dominic career advice, it would be don't renew with WWE, leave the company, get retrained from the ground up, like completely from the ground up. And then when you're ready to start wrestling again, you get yourself a mask and you do not reference being a Mysterio at all for years, like yeah. two, three, four, five years. Like you, you build yourself up to where you had, you, you're good again. And then we can, you can talk about it then, but like you need to conceal your identity. Even, See, uh, I would agree, but look, sorry, Chad, you go ahead. Um, I, what I was going to say is where Matt's a little more hopeful and Brad's a little less hopeful. I'm, I'm not splitting the difference. I'm in a place where it feels like that we have a a nebulous thing going on right now because we don't when when Dom first came out of the gate and he first had his first few matches, I was impressed. I was like for your first few matches, that's pretty good. What I I think has happened is similar to what Brad has said is Dom is kind of pigeonholed right now into working a style reminiscent of his father's, and he is way the heck bigger than his father. And he doesn't have so, the he doesn't have the, the the athletic tools that his dad has either. Even at like even old ass like Graham Cracker knee Mysterio like has better physical tools than I Dominic don't. Does. Here's what I was gonna say is. I don't know. I don't feel like I know well enough what Dominic's physical tools are because with him being pigeonholed of being Mysterio Jr. Jr., we don't get we, – we have no idea what his strengths are or where his capabilities would be because he has not ever had an opportunity to figure out and develop his own style. Yeah, but he I feel like – a lot better than we've seen – if he was a, like when Charlotte Flair was in uh, training, they told her, don't acknowledge that you're Ric Flair's daughter at all. Learn to work first, then add that on top of it. Yeah, Dominic's but, had the inverse of that. But there's a difference with Charlotte, though. Is I mean, she would have gotten pigeonholed, but like 
when you see Charlotte live or you see like when she was really raw, she still had above average athletic talent to to fall back on that like carries you. It's kind of like how we talk about Chris Statlander and like she's so strong. She like her matches are better than they have any right to be because she can just power herself through her her screw ups. Mm-hmm. It's not a perfect metaphor. But I also but, think, like, with Ray, though, when I'm talking about athletic ability, though, like, we, we've we seen Ray, like, when he was, like, 15 or 16 in matches, and you can see, like, you, I feel like, I feel like, like, with Hook, I don't know how far Hook would go in wrestling, but he has something, and they've booked him well, okay. like, he has, he has something, and I feel like with Dominic, he doesn't have, like, that extra it factor to it. Yeah. This is like this kind of played into like him becoming a meme, uh, but people have lately have been comparing uh, Dominic to it's 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 Logan Paul, right? Cause I can yeah. kind of confuse him with Jake Paul, his Logan brother, Paul. like all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's Logan Logan Paul. Logan Paul has exactly had two professional wrestling matches and has looked better than Dominic. Pat McAfee has too, but I mean, oh, well, yes. I mean, Pat. and you can say like, well, Pat McAfee's an athlete, and it's like, well, he was a punter. I mean, well, you know, he was still a extremely high end, top of his field kind of guy. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm just saying that. I mean, Sebastian Janikowski was a fat fuck, and he was um <laughs> he could kick a football well. So I mean, like, I'm saying like he is an athlete, and he is a pro athlete, and he's in good shape. But like. It's not like he's a linebacker in the NFL. Like he's in a spot where you just have to kick the footy ball and um, not like as long as you do that, they really don't give a shit like what condition you're in. Yeah. Punter is not like what we perceive to be like a like a significant athlete and especially in terms of like football. But that doesn't mean you're not like an athlete. Yeah. In like the actual basic definition of the term. But it also doesn't mean that you're not an athlete in terms of like your athletic ability. Yeah. And that's that's partly why people have people have been like, oh, Logan Paul has been better than Dominic. And it's become partly like it's fed into the whole meme thing. But the Pauls have rea- the Pauls do have athletic talent. Like I know people keep talking about Jake Paul getting his ass beat, but I mean like I don't think he would go far if he wasn't doing freak fights, but like that's why he keeps beating up athletes because he does have some degree of boxing talent that he beats them with look right. both both logan and jake actually have and they may be like just at like the like the high school level level um i'm not sure if either one of them went to college but they they have both experience as like actual like amateur wrestling and they both actually do have athletic ability so people being like oh Logan, it's a joke it's become a joke like oh logan paul's better than dominic it's like because Logan Paul has had two match matches, but it's like because he actually has legitimate and obvious, based upon if you watch the two matches he's had, he has obvious like athletic ability. Like it's almost like yeah, he kind of does because you can actually see the athletic ability putting on display, and you don't really get that from Dominic. And and Logan Paul has charisma, and so does Pat McAfee, and I would argue. Yes. Dominic has if he has charisma he doesn't know how to harness it and I would argue he probably has minimal charisma 
I, I go ahead, Matt. Uh, I was gonna agree with you, Brad. Like, I do think. I mean, he got signed because Rey Mysterio, his contract was ending, and there was this big idea like, well, are you gonna sign with us? Or are you gonna sign with AEW? Because AEW was in existence at that time, and Rey made the choice. Which, as a parent, like, I don't think he made the wrong choice, but he made the choice, like, okay, I will re-sign with the WWE under the condition or under the idea that you sign my son, who wants to become a professional wrestler. Like, you sign him, you can help train him, and then he's going to be a star with you. And he did that choice for his kids, like, as any good parent would do, but it's not, it's not, that was not the, the positive right move because dominic i would argue has not been trained by the right people who they're not right the trainers that he has had or has right now are not telling him what he needs to do to get himself over and i do agree like i think the best choice for him is like when when this contract ends like disappear and by that i mean like you go somewhere mexico the indies whatever you go yeah, you go and retrain yourself. You get involved with people who are actually like really talented, really smart, can tell you like what you're doing wrong. Like train, and he needs to train. And the idea of being like under a mask, I don't think is a wrong one. It's like even if people like, oh, that's Dominic. Like they know who you are. Like if they realize that who you are, just no sell it. Just continue under the mask, and continue on, and just get good. And then when yeah. you come back, you can sign down the road, sign with like AEW, sign with WWE, something like that. You're going to be like much improved. I still think it's possible for him. I actually really do. That's where I'm optimistic about things for him if he takes the necessary steps. And I don't know if that will happen, but no, he's got to He's got to want it really bad because like we're talking about totally like retraining, like taking six months to learn how to do everything right. Um, mm-hmm. forgetting everything you've been taught to this point. There is something I have seen happen for some guys out on the indies is they, they they get started and they're doing their thing and they're doing their thing and it's just not working. And at some point they change their gimmick. They change what they're and all of a sudden the pieces fall into place and it all comes together and works for them. Could that happen with Dominic? I think it could. I don't know. I can't tell you what the odds on that are. I have no idea, but I think it could happen. I I think he's also suffering. Give me just a second. He's also suffering. Yes, he was trained and he's been working in WWE, but when he was trained and who he's been working with, I can't help but think have probably caused him to lapse into bad habits. He's like, I have my spots. I get my stuff in. That's, what everybody else does, that's what I'm going to do too. He does not have the refinement that these other people do, so it stands out even more with him doing it. Like you said, what he's been taught has been doing him a disservice. So uh, I actually agree with Brad. You know, Once this, this runs over, get a mask, get out there and start working with different people. Start going and trying to find what – what is his his style? You know, if he went out and he got a mask that was, you know, an alternating black or white with circular patterns on it and was domino, 
and went out, you know, I'm just spitballing it, went out there and started doing that, he might find that, okay, the flying thing doesn't really work for him, but there's there's a, you know, mid-size grapple-esque with a little bit of hops and the frog splash to finish where it, it, you know, those tools start coming together. I, I I can't tell you for certain because what I just keep seeing happen is Dominic does his dad's moves. Yeah, and, I mean, and it's going to look bad next to Ray because he's not Ray. And the thing is, too, it's like just because even if he does the mask thing and kind of does the luchador thing, like you don't have to fly to be a luchador. Like plenty of those guys brawl and yeah. are technical and yeah. do other stuff. But honestly, what I think he needs to do, he just needs to find Pat McAfee like, hey, can I rip Roger's number? Yeah. But he also needs he also needs someone backstage like some of the clips I've seen of him that like when he throws those shitty forearms, he needs someone backstage to be like, dude, don't do that. Yeah. He needs he needs guidance. He needs like he, right now, like the I mean he doesn't need to be like retrained, but the biggest thing that the biggest service people could do for him right now mm-hmm. is to l- tell him like no. Be like, Okay, this is what you did here, like don't do that. Stop doing that. Like it doesn't look good. Like we need to retrain you on that. Just stop doing that. Do something else. Or it's like, or just be like, dude, like I can't fucking take this. Like I'm gonna go talk to them and we're gonna work the next loop together. And I'm going to put you through your paces for like the next two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was uh, one tag team that my original partner and I, we we went to the folks in charge and we said we want the next program we do. We want to work with them because they are incredible incredibly physically talented these guys were so capable they could fly one of them could 450 without batting an eye all that kind of stuff but the problem is when they would have matches it was all pedal to the floor go 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 and it's like okay i understand that's cool and you want to see that and some of these vets are killing you because the only thing they want to let you do is like a cross bot hit the ropes and come off with a cross body and it's like that's not what your spot on the card is but we've got to mix your go 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 with if because if you only do that all the time, then you're taking all the special off of it. And we wanted to go work with them, and for a few reasons, it didn't end up coming together. One of them ended up kind of fading out and leaving the scene, and the other one did improve. But it was it was kind of the same thing. It's like, well, no, we want to go and and do this, not be first of all because we think we could we could have a good program, and I could. I knew for a fact I'd get everybody to hate my guts if I pinned one of them down and rubbed his nose in the mat and went after his ankles and that sort of stuff. But you, you've got to have, in some cases, you've got to have somebody who's just going to be like, you'll be out there in the ring and you do something and they snatch a hold on you and go, no, uh-uh, stop, stop, quit. Just just don't do that ever again. You're 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 killing me. Well, Vader, Vader talked about that when he worked with Flair. He was like, Flair didn't, Flair worked lighter than I wanted him to, so I knew like I had to get him pissed off in the, in the match to get him to hit me hard enough. So he's like, he said like, you know, I just kept beating him down and I gobble him up every time he tried to do anything. And then finally, when it was the time, I said, okay, dude, like, let me have it. Yep, give it to me. Vader had a very specific style. <laughs> well, he's just like he's just like Flair. He he wanted Flair to do a certain thing. He's like he's like I knew I had to like get him riled up to. Yeah. Yeah. To do what I wanted. So, I think 
if I'm hearing correctly, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but our general consensus is Dom needs some time somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's unfair to judge him completely because I think he's incompetently trained. Like, he is not a confident worker right now. But, like, I think I think he has limited physical skills and tools, and I don't think he has a great aptitude for wrestling, if I'm going to be honest. But, you know, like I said, CM Punk doesn't have great athletic talent. Like, because, like, I was telling my wife about it when we went to the AEW show. He wasn't there. He's still hurt. And she was like, well, but like a lot of those guys, because she was talking about Jericho, how at 50 Jericho like does all these little things that are super athletic. Mm-hmm. And he has he still has like a good like explosion to the stuff he does and all these like little things he does. And she's like, I was talking about Punk and she's like, but like I saw all these guys do this. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like if you see CM Punk try to do an elbow drop off the top rope, it looks like a dead elk just got tossed out of the catapult. <laughs> Like he, like he, he gets the most out of what his body can do, but like you can tell he has to fight for every. And sometimes he starts inch. trying to do things he ought not be doing. Yeah, I didn't bring up that he hurt himself, um, being stupid. Well, even before that, there was no reason that he should have been trying to do the punk shot lariat, because even even Hangman says that's a hard move to do. It's like no, shouldn't have done that. Well, and that's another thing, like. Um, that's something that Hangman in five years is probably not going to be doing because he's probably going to be a little too old to do it. It's a shame because it's such a good move, but it it makes a it makes a con. Here's a contrast: Punk trying to do the buckshot doesn't really work. When Ray and Dom go to do a combo six one nine. It doesn't really work. It works for Ray because Ray is small enough to have the rotation to get enough and, snap on it. And Ray Dominic has, is Ray has good. the pure athleticism to make it look good too. But Dominic, in trying to imitate what Ray is doing, can't do it because he's so much taller. So he's trying to do what Ray is doing, and it looks bad because it doesn't suit him. I don't understand why they don't do that or have him like do like the boss man like. I'm just going to, like, sit on your head while it's on the the rope. Oh, that, that'd be a – yeah, that would be a great spot. Like, it, have him do that, and then it, Ray comes – It looks kind of heelish, but it would still be a good spot. Like, do that, and then have Ray come follow him up with, like, the 619. Like, there's there's some things they could they could do. Or Dom sets it up, and then Ray hits it. So it's not always – like the the shotgun drop kick to the back and then it's like oh i've fallen on the ropes i wonder what will happen Hmm. i don't know i i think he 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 has potential but i can't say to how much yeah it's hard to say i like i think i think i don't think so what i will say i don't think he will ever be a star or like anchor a major promotion but he could probably be a mid carter like in a mid-sized promotion where a guy like I think if if he worked really hard like he could get signed by AEW and be a guy that picks up wins on Dark and Rampage. I think he could if he improves. I think he could potentially be like a mid Carter in AEW. Mm-hmm. Like he he could he could fill that role. Like he could be, you know, like a name talent down the road. I and mean, we're talking like years down the road, but. 
He's I never going to be Hook. Let's. He's not going to be what Hook is now. No. Well, Hook has like a mystique about him, and that's partly because like that's how they booked him. And he has, mm-hmm. but, but he has charisma though. But they also trained him up, so he his stuff looks good. Yeah, Hook is like a. Not to my knowledge, Hook has not really done a lot of indie stuff. Like I think he's done like one. I know for sure he's done one indie match, and they, he should probably be like protected still for a while. No, and they're but, pretty smart. Like they like his first pay per view debut, they put him in there with QT Marshall, and I know people mm-hmm. don't like QT, but you know, he's a safe. Um, he's a safe guy to put people in there with because he knows how to wrestle. I, they can they can hate on QT. QT probably ha, has probably had a huge hand in training Hook. Yeah. Like QT is actually like helping run a lot of the training. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do feel like Hook eventually down the road is going to become like they're they're obviously like they're gaming it out that he's going to become a big star for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he probably he probably will be. Not just like oh because they built like this like mystique about him like he they they manufactured a star it's like i actually think like he's going to become really really good but let's in the uh, ring we could even take a step down that Let, let's look at some of the other rookies we'll call them in AEW. like aaron mm-hmm. solo is better than dominic nick camarado i think has way more upside than um than Dominic does. And even guys like I'm not super high on like Brock Anderson and um, Lee Johnson, I think are better than him. Mm-hmm. And um, who's fundamentals, the... fundamentals. Yeah. But I mean like a guy like Nick Camarado, I think if you've worked with him a bit, I think he, there's something there like is a mid card act. Who's the other guy in there? They're stable. Well, it was QT. It was Aaron Solo. Oh, it was Nick Camarado. Um... There's one other guy, wasn't there? Uh, it, it was uh, the British kid. It wasn't. A, was it a go go? Yeah, it was a go go. Okay. But uh, that one I don't know because he like has been wrestling some on like Dark and Elevation, but he has not appeared on Dynamite like in for, in like a year or so, like for, like forever. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that obviously is because he had another eye surgery. So I don't know. I don't know. He's been on Dark here and there. He's still young. Like he's in his early 30s, so it's like that he actually could still develop and and do stuff with wrestling. Like he he could still do that. But mm-hmm. I don't know why he hasn't really been used much. I don't know. I imagine it's it's related to like his recovering. Mhm. I would think that it's probably got to do with also just who are you pulling up to the – who is there space for on Dynamite sometimes? Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, sure, sometimes we can pull people, but who are we pulling and why are we pulling them in the midst of you know the bigger storylines we have going on? So uh, – Yeah. Or even, so. even a guy that we've seen improve vastly in the last year, uh, 10, has um, – shown a lot yeah yeah i mean i don't want to get into like a criticism of tony Khan because a lot of people do that and i do i do acknowledge that sometimes the booking is kind of odd yeah 
because they're doing that mask angle with him and then it kind of just died fizzled yeah yeah realistically i mean you have dark you have elevation which are i i don't want to be i want to be fair and so like they are shows yeah uh and they're free shows you can watch them on youtube but effectively it's like and 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 i'm looking at it from like a I suppose you could say like a millennial type of view where I'm like, oh, YouTube, it's like they might as well not exist. But it's like actually most – a ton of people of the younger generation like watch stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I think even – I think recently like Regal was like commenting on something like this. I think I'm pretty sure it was Regal. But it's like how many people like watch like your show or watch what you do? And like how many people watched uh, you know Dark or Elevation or something like, oh, like this week it's like uh, – 500,000 or more mm-hmm. it's like okay like 500,000 if you equate that to like tv ratings if you still think about it in that way it's like that actually would be pretty good that, yeah. that was that would compete with what nxt draws most weeks it would compete with rampage too and rampage yeah. is an actual like on tv but if you just think about tv shows like AEW has like three hours we talked about this before when yeah when someone like Becky Lynch is talking about how like, Oh, we like WWE does women wrestling better. And it's like, yes and no. It's like the actual wrestling, like that's arguable, but mm-hmm. they do wrestling better. I would agree in the sense that they have way more programming so they can devote more time to the women's wrestling. Um, that said, like, I do think some criticism of Tony Khan is fair in the sense that uh, just like the last week, it was like a couple – like yesterday, I think. It was dark. It was elevation. And they had Hikaru Shida teaming with Thunderstorm. So Thunder Rose and Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. And they faced off against Emi Sakura, Marina Schieffer, and Nyla Rose. And it's like that should have been on one of like TV programs. And it's on elevation. Right. And meanwhile, like this most recent episode of Rampage – it was like an hour where they devoted pretty much the hour entirely to the truth busters. And it's like, I don't begrudge them for trying to get the truth busters over. Like, cause it's like a new faction you do it. And you want to give them like some attention, some heat, especially because if there is some sort of ring of honor show in the works with whenever that happens, I think it's going to happen. I would, if it's going to happen, I imagine it would happen. Let's say by the end of the year, yeah. Like you want, and, and and your the Tony Khan concept is that the Truth Brothers are going to be a feature part of Ring of Honor. It's like okay, you want to push them so that people are familiar with them, so that when Ring of Honor starts, like and they see them, they're not going to be like bewildered. They're going to be like okay. But this women's six man, it's like that that'd be perfect for like one of the TV shows. She's been having and, like a feud with Emmy Sakura on the YouTube shows though. Sheeta. Yeah. Because they wrestled, funny. they wrestled like a ten-minute match that was really good at the, at the dark, at the tapings I was at. It was mm-hmm. I looked, it was like six minutes, but um, but I that's mean, that's funny. That's funny because if you actually know the backstory there, it's like Sakura trained Shida, so yeah. it's there's like some history there. I also wanted to mention with Shida, she just faced um. Suzu Suzuki at the Wave 15th anniversary show mm-hmm. the past weekend, and I want to try and get my hands on that. She won the title. Yep. Uh, and I think it's it. People try to read too much into it, but 
Cheetah has basically said like I want to go back and forth between like I'm not done with AEW. I just want to go back and forth between AEW and Japan and work both of them. She's been doing that like, for like six months though. I don't get why people yeah. freak out about that. And she probably can't. Well, then I I mean again like AEW has only so much time to devote to people because the the limitations and like actual like hours they put programming out. So it's like yeah why should why can't she? But if I they're not actively she's... using her in a program. I think the thing people don't understand, though, I think she said she's like a permanent resident of the United States now. She, uh, unlike other workers, like she actually does. I think she moved here. Like she, she, like can go back and forth or be used by AW in a dedicated fashion because she does. She's he's she's here on a more like permanent status. Yeah, she's not. not I mean, she's like, not like a citizen, but she has like indefinite. She's like. I think it is like permanent, like permanent residence. I think it might be what it's called. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It, well, this this an aside, but to that point, uh, well, not to that point, but to what you're comment about, uh, Shida, it's like Suzy Suzuki is so good. Like, if you actually have a chance to watch some of her matches, like, great match. She's great, and she's like 19 years old. Yeah. Waves um Waves a weird company. Cause um they used to have a YouTube show, but it's like it's like one of those companies that have great matches and just god awful booking. The, the I'm trying to get more into uh, Joshi wrestling in Japan, and there's a few of them, few companies, and they, really like they're they're all kind of like they all have bad booking to some degree. Even Stardom all, has bad booking a lot of the Stardom time. is the Stardom is the best of them. Yeah. And the second uh probably the second biggest one is uh Tokyo Joshi Pro and they just had like their they had a tournament for their um Tokyo Joshi Princess Cup. Yeah. Which if they should have had one of the up and comers win it. Um, uh Miyu Watanabe. Yeah. Yeah, Miyu. Uh and they had her lose in the finals to Yuka. Yuka, who we've seen in AEW. And Yuka's like a fantastic wrestler. But it's it's like the the safest possible booking. Yeah. And, but it's like it's it's legitimate infuriating and people like were really hot about it because it's like Chad to put you, pull you into it. It's like imagine like you have like Jericho when Jericho was like young and hot and everything like that and you're like oh man they really have something they've like they can capture like lightning in a bottle with Jericho. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, ah, uh, nah, he's going to lose to Nash. The problem Nash, he's, this is I mean, it's like, that's what it is. It's like, okay, Nash is a bigger star, but it's like, why can't you make a star? This, it's like, nah, not going to do that. This is not a defense of it because I thought that was stupid and there was nothing wrong with putting Mew over there. But um, I do find it interesting that people get so pissed off about Japanese companies doing this because it's like they've done this for decades like this is this is just how they book and you can disagree with it but this is how hierarchical booking tends to play out long term and the male wrestling is not any different because in new japan is still considered the tops and it's 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 the tops in like a lot of ways but they even do the same thing where it's like oh young boys oh we'll have you be a young boy uh for like 10 years and by the time we actually start pushing you and giving you a gimmick and everything like that, you can be like 35. It's like, well, great. You're like 35. Like you've wasted like their prime years. Yeah. They do that. 
Um, I mean, Stardom's that... probably the best book Japanese promotion right now. I haven't paid much attention to DDT this year, but um, it's it's a problem. It's a problem with almost every company in Japan, especially the Joshi companies, though, with uh, conservative booking styles, and you have to deal with the up-and-comers probably losing more like a couple more matches than you would like to like the established talent but um you can say for a lot of joshi promotions like oh my gosh the matches are awesome but the booking leaves a lot to be desired because they even stardom as much as i enjoy it like they have their snafus too yeah that said i do think that a place like new japan strong um the american version of new japan or the dojo itself, like they, they would probably, possibly legitimately beat out <laughs> some of like the faults, the flaws that Dominic has learned in the WWE. But he'd be much better served going to someplace like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just rebuilding, like learning everything over again. And that's tough because it's like you don't want to start from ground zero. You want to start from like. You know, zero but he would be better served because what what he was taught in the wwe like it's not it's not worked. minimum viable product is what he was taught in wwe it, it feels like he was taught lazy habits and i i i really i i don't like that for anybody like i i get the the circumstances and everything but i don't i don't like you know doing that with somebody new because we don't know how you know we don't know how it's going to go and then he's getting taught to be whatever it it feels like he's getting taught to be kind of lazy and i feel like from the get-go i feel like you could have gotten away with that approach with braun breaker it would have had its problems, but he had enough innate ability to cover some of those flaws, and Dominic just doesn't. Looking at Wikipedia, if this... Oh, God damn. So, in 2018, he started training with Jay Lethal. And Lethal is a good worker, so I'm not going to like say he's responsible because mm-hmm. 2018 is like years ago at this point four years ago yeah other people they show him as being trained by is ray uh i'm not even going to necessarily hold him responsible for this but two of the other people are landstorm and i have like a little like wishy-washy on that and conan well, that explains a little bit, don't hey, it? Hey, now, 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 let's be fair to Conan. He did teach Bret Hart how to do the sharpshooter, <laughs> which is the most random bit of like wrestling trivia ever. I, I, is that like actually true? Yes, Bret Hart. Bret Hart. It's from Bret Hart's own mouth. They wanted okay. him to use the sharpshooter, and they were in the locker room. And they say, "Hey, does anyone know how to do this move?" And Conan did, so he showed him how to do it. I God. Okay. I don't. That said, like I just listed off who you know allegedly has trained him. I thought Randy Orton was working with him a bit too, like before. Well, that's shows what I'm saying. Like, those four people that I named are listed as his trainers, but in reality, like he's he's been in the WWE system for like 
two, three years now. It's like I'm sure there are other people that have like had a hand in it, and I I don't say that favorably. Uh, so I don't know. I Dominic seems to be like his 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 role lately seems to be in some sort of like sadomasochistic relationship of sorts <laughs> with Rhea Ripley, or she just beats him up every week. This says his first so, match in know. WWE was August 2020. So anything Jay Lethal taught him would have been long, yeah, forgotten. I actually know, you know, honestly, I don't think Randy Orton's working with him because I think he'd be far better if Randy Orton was working with him, just because Randy Orton would be like, "Dude, that fucking sucks. Like, don't do that." Like, I know we don't like Randy Orton on this show, but I feel like he is the one guy that would like give him honest feedback and be like, "No, that sucked." That's probably true. Because he uh, didn't have yeah. that great, like, like you better get your ass out there to Shane McMahon when the, the rock yeah, music yeah. played. He's like, I ain't going out there to that. <laughs> but no, I feel like I feel like if Orton was working with him much, I think he'd be better because Orton Orton is technically competent, and I don't mean that in like I don't I mean that in the sense of his technical ability is pretty good. Um, and I think he would be like, no, that sucked. Like, let's not, let's, let's do this right. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. he'd be getting a better thing. And I think Storm's trained a lot of people though. We also don't know what his training breakdown was because if like lethal and Lance Storm were teaching him the, the intro, the basics and that sort of stuff. And then after doing that, he got shifted to working with other people for doing the more advanced stuff, then they never would have had an opportunity to, to, to teach him. Like, it's like, okay, bumps, moves. That's where, okay. That's, that's like the basics. Now, how are you stringing it together? How are you timing your stuff? You know, that sort of thing. Also, wasn't, I don't think storm must've worked with him long though, because his last stint with WWE like last year was only like three months, wasn't it? It was pretty short. Storm was one of the ones that was, you know, laid off or furloughed and then budget. Yeah, furloughed. Yeah. I think too, though, you can train someone as much as you want, but I think like, especially when you watch it like New Japan, I think there's something to be said about getting kicked out there with a veteran for 10 minutes and them just being like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like, okay, you're going to do this then because the crowd's going to be ready for it. And just having like a veteran, like pretty much hold mm-hmm. your hand through a match and like giving you practical experience. And I can say this from tagging with a veteran is that it's way too easy for them to think for you. And the match goes great because they know what they're doing and you're just kind of filling your role. Like that, that happened to me. And it's just like, like, that was a great match guys. And I was like, Oh God, I didn't contribute enough to that to feel like I deserved that kind of answer. So I know Alvarez was talking about when they were talking about that lash legend, um, Indy Hartwell match. And he was talking about how he'd been doing it a while. And the first time he wrestled buddy Wayne, like he, he was freaking out because buddy Wayne's like, Oh no, we're just going to call that in the ring. Yeah. And they did it, and he's like, oh, my God, like, I learned so much just doing Didn't it that way. Didn't he work several matches with Buddy Wayne doing yeah. that? Yeah. Because Wayne refused to call anything in the back? Yeah. But, like, I think I think it's fine, like, to rehearse and all that stuff, but I think you need to be able to, if things fall apart, you have to 
you have to have that wheelhouse to mm-hmm. be like, oh shit, like that fell apart. We have three minutes to fill. Like, what are we gonna do? Well, it's it's like the difference between someone who goes to, you know, we'll throw it to the late nineties for comparison. Someone who went to go late nineties, early two thousands on Saturday Night Live, they're doing scripted stuff, but a bunch of them came out of the Groundlings and Second City and so like they have improv chops. So when when things started to fall apart, they could salvage it, but they were doing a scripted bit anyway. Um, I just, you know, whenever I first got into it, there was a lot of, all right, we're going to plan this stuff out. And we're going to do this here. And then as soon as we could quit doing as soon as I was able to quit doing that, I did because I hated it. It was rigid and inflexible. And if I'm out there, <clears throat> there was a match I had with the local guy who frankly should have been signed, John Noble. Because uh, it was in that it was in that era where WWE would say to people like, well, you're too big to be a small guy, but you're you're too small to be a big guy. And you don't work like a like a high flyer does. And it's like, so we can't use you. And it's like, but. No, he doesn't, but he knows what he's doing. I had a match with him, and he and I, we just, like, the only stuff we called was some comedy spots. And everything else we did, we did stuff, and then when the crowd latched onto it, I just rode out whatever the crowd was liking. At one point, I snapped an ankle lock on because that was, he fed me something, and he went to throw an enziguri, and I'm supposed to be doing my comeback, and I duck it, and I've just got his foot, so I just switch it to an ankle lock. And the crowd flips out. And I was just like, now I'm cranking on this ankle lock. And I just kept that move ever since because it, it worked. But we had a great match. You know, like I said, he knew what he was doing, but I was able to hold up my side of it. And we just kind of rode out what the crowd wanted for it. You know, but if you if you never had to do that and it happens and you're. You're a babe in the woods. You don't know what to do. We've seen that with NXT. Cause remember, it took Charlotte a long time to handle anything that um, didn't go exactly to script because they don't I don't think they teach you in NXT to call anything in the ring. The I, I, I know Alvarez had a source telling him that they were if they were going to have a show on the NXT or if they're going to have a match on the NXT show, they'd spend all week rehearsing it. Yeah. I've heard. And I'm like, that. I'm like when he said that I was just sitting there thinking to myself, Oh my God. And they wonder why this isn't working. Yeah. Because That's the worst thing you can do because if you, because you need to be able to like, if the crowd, like let's say we were doing something and let's just say the crowd, like, the crowd's just not into it. Like, and I slapped a headlock on you. I'm like, hey, dude, this ain't working. Like, you want to kick it up a notch? Well, if, if we're if we're doing that and I'm the face and you're the heel, and it's like, well, this ain't working, uh, I'm probably going to be like, start beating the hell out of me. Yeah. Just, just start beating the hell out of me because what will happen is they're going to start getting mad at you. If you've got me on the ropes and you are just as vicious the whole whole time and then you start dicking with me while you're doing it, they're going to start getting mad, and that means that at the moment where you back me in the corner and you chop me and I look down at it and I look at you, and instead of selling, I'm looking pissed off, and you do it again, all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, God, here – you know, as opposed to us planning out this, well, we're going to work the arm 
for this match kind of thing. It's like, nope, they they want to see they want to see the babyface waltz across Texas, the classic babyface walks across Texas and then gets the payback. Thing. Yeah, or it's like, hey, um, this ain't working. Like, poke me in the eyes and kick me in the balls and see if that gets them yeah. riled yeah. up a bit. Because sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. They're not going to get up for nothing. Or, it, or it's like, hey, um, I noticed Frank's in the front row. Why don't you fuck with him? Because he's always an easy <laughs> mark like, to get going. Yes. My, I'll be honest with you, my go-to for that was picking on little kids. Um, because what I would do is... Because what kind of dick are you to pick on a little kid? And so everybody gets behind that kid and hates your guts for it. They used to... Um, there was a Chikara show where that was Chuck Taylor's thing, and Eric Cannon grabbed one of the kids he fucked with and had the kid chop him in the match. That's great. What I would do is I would just... Uh, if I'm if I powder outside the ring and I'm out there and one of the kids touches me, I just point at him and I go, "Don't you ever touch me! You are not allowed to touch me!" And I'm you can't hear it because you can't see it because it's an audio medium. But I've got my hand up and I'm pointing down at them when I say that. All of a sudden, everybody, you're not that kid's parent. You can't talk to him that way. What the hell's wrong with you? You know what? I ought to do. You know, I ought to straighten you. And all of a sudden, all the heat's back. And I'm not like chewing the kid out or anything and what what happens is the mean man that was yelling at them gets beat up so they get like you know they 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 get some they get the don bluth effect oh this 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 thing happened it makes me feel bad but now i'm happy with the the good ending or i think i showed you that clip recently the one the chikara king of trias where aj blew his springboard and then he turned that into a whole angle for the whole tournament where Every time he would try to go for that springboard forearm, like it would blow up in his face somehow. Yes, absolutely. And that was all because he blew the spot once and then the final match he hit it and he got a huge pop because he like like the first time he blew it. But then like he went and did it and someone pulled him off the rope or, you know, he went to do it and someone like got pushed into the ropes like the you know just things like that you can't do if you're rehearsing everything like you can't get yeah. those organic um there's like little organic spots that come out of mistakes right it, it and i don't think dominic has had to do that so you know he's that i would argue he's never had to improv anything right I bet he's yeah. never or, called a spot. I bet he just does what he's told. And that's a failing on on the people around him. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame Ray, but uh, no, he's not going to be a standout when that happens. Like, like so. if you were having a match with someone and you we were going for the next thing, I was like, hey, your forearms look like shit. Stop doing that. Wouldn't that be useful in the course of a match? If you're like, your forearms aren't working, man, I'd be like, all right. Well, I'm going to work the body, tighten up for it then. Yeah. And then after be like, dude, you need to, work. you know what I mean? Like, why isn't anyone like saying to him after a match? Like, Hey dude, that, that sucked. Like you need to, I don't know. Uh, I, that I don't know. Cause I feel uh, I like wish I had a good answer. I feel like if I was working with Dominic, I'd be like, okay, we're going to sit down and watch your match. And I'm going to tell you everything you did wrong and everything you did right in this, in this, like, eight minute tag like wouldn't wouldn't yeah. you appreciate that if, if you were starting you know you were oh god i would have 
I would have killed for someone who would be willing to do that with me. Yeah. I don't know why Ray's not doing it with him either, honestly. Like, Ray's kind of being a bad... Well, it might also be that it's... It's hard for him to listen to Ray because now Ray is trying to be the professional mentor, but it's also his dad. Yeah, that's true. So there's this weird dynamic at play. But yeah, my advice would be to him is don't renew your contract, get retrained, um, put a mask on, and build yourself up before you acknowledge it again. Uh, something to that effect is the path I would probably take. What about is that what do you are you in agreement to Matt or? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I again, think... I'm I'm I side on the positive side, so it's like I still think there's like time for him to correct things, but I don't think he's in the right environment for that to happen. No, I I absolutely agree with you on that. I think he he could. I just I don't know how it would turn out. I, I don't feel like I have a good enough read. No, you gotta so, you gotta especially if you're like a WWE project, you've gotta get out of there, go work some New Japan, go work maybe the UK and Mexico, and and maybe get like some PWG buzz before you're ready to come back and be like the finished product. Do the uh, the Drew McIntyre special? Right, like Drew McIntyre you know, is where he's at because he left for like five years and got good at other companies and like finished off his, his like skill set on his own. Right. But he had to go and, and round himself out. Yeah. So, all right. I think we've about covered this topic pretty decently. So, uh, is there anything else we need to need or want to say guys? Uh, I think we have, we have covered everything with, with Dominic. <laughs> All right. So, everybody, thank you for joining us for this dark match. If uh, <laughs> if you like the idea of us kind of doing these little one-offs with, with specific topics or something like that, please hit us up and let us know. And maybe we'll take an opportunity, even if it's not all three of us. If it's just a couple of us to bat it back and forth or something, you know, put out some, some uh, supplementary content and that sort of thing. So, yeah, because I think – I, I think, um... I think there's there's a a ripe um, market for Matt and I to bitch about Star Wars or um, <laughs> I would love to do a podcast actually talking about how much I fucking hate the modern like Hollywood use of green screen and how it ruins my enjoyment of everything. I I don't know if I'm going to watch it uh, soon because my wife is a fan of uh, Tatiana Masli. But every preview I've seen of the new She-Hulk show, like, makes my eye twitch. It's and bad. It's not, it, it's, it's, I'm not even making any sort of commentary about how I think, like, the, the show will be, like, the storyline or anything like that, the acting, anything like that. It's, it's because of, like, the CGI. It's, like, it's so obvious where they're inserting CGI, and the CGI looks Bad, and She-Hulk, She-Hulk has like little chicken legs on this like seven foot body, and there's like a scene of her and Hulk. For some reason, the Hulk looks okay, but she looks like shit for some reason. But I, I don't think it even looks good. But they're but they're like eating at a cafe, and they're obviously like just in a green screen room. Mm-hmm. And like the apartment's like a green screen room, and it's like I 
like I would love for a like Ally McBeal type She-Hulk show, but and I think that's what they went for, but it it just looks terrible. It looks really low rent is the problem. Yeah, I'm not I'm not making any sort of commentary other than like the special effects and the special effects to me just look bad. No, bad. but Thor Love and Thunder looked like fucking shit in the 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 previews. I haven't seen that, but I saw some clips. It looks bad. Like, like, they, like when they were on looks, Earth, it was obviously they were in front of green screens. Uh, yeah. Again, not making any sort of commentary on whether it's a good movie or not. The story was good. Any, the acting was good. Anything like that, because I haven't seen it. I'm just saying, like, what I have seen, like the clips that I've seen, it looks bad purely from like the special effects. Yeah. And it's like, guys, you got, you got to stop. If everything, if 90% of your movie is like in front of a green screen. It's not it's good. It's like just 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 stop. Like it's, it's not. It's it makes not good. it makes it harder for the actors to perform well. It, it you, the human eye can tell. Like you know what a good example of practical effects for CGI and how practical effects are superior. And this is for anyone. Go look at the orcs in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and go look mm. at the orcs in the Hobbit movies, where the orcs in Lord of the Rings are people in costume and. The Hobbit movies are CGI orcs, and one looks infinitely superior to the other. We've reached that weird point in time uh, with technology where it's like when they first started including CGI, like it was more, I won't say rudimentary, but it was a little grittier. So it had more of a realistic kind of feel to it. And it's like that was kind of fine. Um, But now when everything is CGI, it's like you've. It just doesn't look as good. It looks sterile. Yes, and I do feel like practical effects are the way to go. That's why that is why I will stand by Captain America Winter Soldier was an amazing movie because there was minimal CGI in it and most of the fights were practical effects and that's why that movie is so awesome. It's it's more stark more of a stark difference, by the way, Brad, if you watch the first season of Wheel of Time on Amazon, they have Trollocs, which are people in suits. But for the last episode, COVID screwed their whole production schedule, and so they CGI'd them, and it looked it looked noticeably worse. Like it, it was not hard to tell the difference. So yeah, I think they I think Hollywood doesn't realize like people know the difference. Yeah. So All right. Maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about this more in depth next week all righty well everybody thank you for being here for the dark match and we will catch you on the next episode